0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Stories from the World. This is David Robert Farmerie. Hello, and welcome to the fourth episode from the Wilson Residency. This is Froggy speaking. It's about 1040 a.m. on July 29th, and my time is rapidly running out. Essentially, right now, I have about a day and a half left to tell any story that I possibly can before I need to leave early on Saturday morning. My time here and my experiences continue to be absolutely amazing, astounding, to say the least. I mean, in fact, again, I am almost without words to describe how amazing it has actually been. I am also, at this point, without words to aptly sum up what Wilson truly is all about. In past episodes, I have made reference to Wilson as being a mosaic, and it is, but really and truly, it's not a mosaic yet. It's, it's as if all of the pieces, all of the tiny tiles of a mosaic are already laid out, but they're kind of dispersed all over the artist's studio, and they have yet to begin to be assembled. But in looking at the pieces, one can ascertain with certainty that the mosaic will be amazing if and when it is constructed. As you may have ascertained by the difference in sound quality of this recording, I paused and decided not to continue recording this episode until I was back home from Wilson. Today is the 4th of August. My final week in Wilson was a mixed bag of sorts. On some level, I was becoming too familiar with Wilson, I had walked the same streets every day, nearly all day on each of those days. And when I did drive, when the weather was inclement, I drove the same streets that I walked. And for the most part, on these drives or these walks, I ended up encountering the same faces and I talked with the same people. But there were times, albeit few and far between, when a gem would rise to the surface and present itself with a brightness and a clarity. And there were also what I consider gems in the rough, those that could be seen through conversations with others, but not with any clarity. But for those gems, I had to dig and polish by searching out the subjects, then building relationships with them before I could go any further. But I have to admit that this is one of the aspects of what I do that I love so much. One of these gems in the rough was a woman by the name of B.B. Pink. It was on my second or third day in Wilson, and I was talking with Amanda Duncan, who owns a small artisan boutique shop in Wilson, and she told me about Miss B.B. and her personal encounter with her. First, she told me that Miss B.B. drives a white pickup truck with pink hearts painted all over it. And then Amanda told me that there was a day where she was painting the exterior of her building, getting ready to open up for business, and she was just having a really rough day. And evidently, Miss Beebe was across the street at the tire shop, getting new tires put on her truck. Miss Beebe saw Amanda, seeming to have a bad day, came across the street and just simply said, Let's talk. Amanda stopped what she was doing came over, sat down, and talked with Miss Beebe for quite some time. And by Amanda's own admission, by the time they were done talking, she felt a whole lot better. Now, my gut started screaming right away, but I have to admit that in hindsight, I think my gut was screaming more because of the description of Miss Beebe's pickup truck than anything else. After about 10 days or maybe two weeks, really and truly, Amanda had finally found Miss Beebe's card, her business card, with the telephone number. She gave it to me and I called, but unfortunately that number was no longer one that was working. And for the nearly two weeks that preceded this, I had looked every single day for Beebe's truck to go down the road. I mean, I figure if it's there, I can flag her down and talk with her, but believe it or not, I never saw it once. Then a couple of days later, when I had stopped to say hello to Amanda, she said, Hey, wait a minute. I think I have an idea of where Miss B.B. lives. I think she lives on 3rd Street. Now let me pause for just a second because this is the way things work most of the time, believe it or not. They're not just cut and dry or somebody says, here's all the information. Most of the time with the work that I do, it's this kind of follow-up after follow-up after follow-up. But again, that's what makes it so exciting. For me, it's like a treasure hunt. So with that information in hand, I looked on a map to see where Third Street was, jumped in the expedition, drove there, and I thought, what? I'll just drive the length of 3rd Street, regardless of how long or short it is, and surely I will come across a white pickup truck with pink hearts painted on it in somebody's driveway, and then I'll know where Miss Beebe lives. As it turned out, 3rd Street wasn't all that long. And when I arrived at Miss Beebe's house, there was no pickup truck in the driveway. But, you might ask, how then did you know it was Miss Beebe's? The driveway itself, the parking area, which was wide enough for two vehicles, was painted completely covered with paint of multiple colors, multiple designs, and multiple sayings. The lower half of the house was painted pink around the entire perimeter. Wow, that was almost like Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers, but anyhow... I knocked on the door and no one answered, so I assumed that since the pickup truck wasn't there, that Beebe wasn't there either. I went to leave a note, but I left my notebook back at the apartment, so I had to go back and get that. But that was, in hindsight again, a great piece of magic. When I arrived back at the apartment, instead of just grabbing the notebook, driving back to Miss Beebe's, and then writing a note. I decided to write the note there, which took some time because I wanted it to be detailed to explain to her in that very note exactly what it is that I was wanting. With the note in hand, including two pieces of scotch tape so I could affix it to her door, I drove back to Bebe's house. When I arrived, her pickup truck was in the driveway. So I got out, went up to the door, I knocked on the door, and Miss Beebe answered but yeah, not really. She came to the door and said, "Who is it?" Without opening the door first. Miss Beebe, is that you? I asked. Yes, it is. Who are you? Well, Miss Beebe, my name is David Farmery, and I'm a photographer here with Eyes on Main Street, and I go on and on and on. And she interrupts me. Finally, says, "Yeah, but what do you want?" I said, well, Miss Beebe, I said, you know what, if it's easier, I said, I have a note that I had written to put on your door when I was here earlier and you weren't home. I said, if you like, I can just tape this to your door and I'll leave and you can read it at your convenience. And with that, she opened the door and she invited me in. Once inside, I had the opportunity to tell her in detail what it is that I was doing there and why I wanted to talk with her and make a photograph of her. And Beebe's response to that was, You can make a photograph of anything you want inside my house or outside my house, but you cannot make a picture of me. But Miss Beebe, I said, that's kind of why I'm here. I really want to make a portrait of you to tell your story. To which Miss Beebe replied once again, No, you can not make a picture of me and you can't tell my story because it's not my story. The work I do, she said, is Jesus' work, and it's Jesus that worked through me, and therefore it's not about me at all. The story's not about me. The picture's not about me. It's all about Jesus. And all the while, we're having this conversation, this bantering back and forth, as it were. Bibi is showing me around her house, including the backyard, which again is multicolored with paintings on every wall, every surface, and every outbuilding. As our conversation continued, as we walked around and looked at everything, I had one more thing to say to try and make my case. And I even prefaced it by saying, Miss Beebe, I'm not trying to change your mind. If you don't want this photograph made of you, I, I will work around it. But I want you to understand fully why I feel it's important for me to make this photograph. And I explained my reasonings to her. And with that, she said, You're right, you can make my picture. Now, I wanna pause here for a second once again, just to say that what I had to say to her was completely authentic. And you know, I've talked about this in, in previous episodes. In fact, I talk about it a lot, I know. But everything I said to her was the truth and it was authentic and it was without agenda. I wanted her to know fully exactly what my agenda was So, therefore, it would never be a hidden agenda, and there was nothing else to it, nothing else that I did not disclose to her. We made arrangements then for me to return the following week, the following Wednesday, as a matter of fact, just two days or three days before I had to leave Wilson. I arrived the following Wednesday at 10 a.m. sharp, just as we had discussed When I arrived at the house, before I could even knock on the door, Miss Beebe was already waiting for me and had the door opened as I walked up the walk. And ironically, that morning, I had quite unintentionally put on a pink shirt. This thrilled Miss Beebe to no end. Oh my goodness, she was absolutely elated. When I entered the house, I noticed that there was a friend of Miss Beebe's there, and Miss Beebe introduced us right away, and we started talking, and immediately we went outside. Well, actually, not quite immediately. First of all, Miss Beebe asked me where I wanted to make the photograph, and I said, you know, Miss Beebe, I'm not really sure, but, you know, let's look out back because I think the light will be the best back there. And once again, Miss Beebe's response was, okay, but you only have 10 minutes. I'm like, oh my goodness. So we went out back, I looked around, the light was awful. Even if I used other lighting, which I had planned to do, it was still going to be a bit problematic. So I looked around for the ideal place and the ideal light of what I could find, and I said, okay, Miss Beebe, we're going to do it over here. And again, I'm feeling rushed because I only have 10 minutes. So I grabbed what I needed. I moved a chair. I did all this. I made her photograph and I got it all done in under 10 minutes. And I said, okay, Miss Beebe, I got it. I'm done. But then she said to me, well, how are you going to tell my story if you don't really know anything about me? To which I replied, well, Miss Beebe, I was hoping that I would have a few minutes to talk with you to get your whole story so that I could tell it. To which Ms. Beebe replied again, okay, you have 15 minutes. And she looked at her friend and said, start timing it. After talking for oh, about five minutes or so, Ms. Beebe said, let's go inside the house. It's starting to get hot out here. And believe me, it really was. So we went back in the house and continued talking and we talked for the next hour. And within this following hour, so much magic happened. Now, I really, really, really cannot describe accurately The interior of her house. I can say, yeah, it was pink and it had stuff on the walls, but believe me, you have to see it. So, as I usually do, I am going to set up a photo gallery just for this episode, and it will have a couple of the images of Miss Beebe and the inside of her house, as well as her driveway, so you can see exactly what I was talking about. And I will put a link to that in the show notes or the episode notes. Miss Beebe, her entire life, literally, is about in her own words spreading the word that Jesus' love is just that. It's unconditional, it is non-judgmental, it is just pure love. And for her, she's as she says, love, the greatest symbol we have of love is the heart. Hence why she has hearts painted all over her white pickup. And she also has a white Plymouth convertible as well and that also has the pink hearts all over it. But in her house and outside of her house and in her driveway and on her shed and everywhere else, she has hearts painted everywhere. But the thing that struck me the most about Bibi is that she is not one to go around and ask people if they are saved or ask people if they are Christians or ask people if they know the Lord. She just lives by example everything that she believes and wants others to know. Miss Beebe is loud, Miss Beebe is intense, but Miss Beebe is a presence that is absolutely amazing, to say the least. In fact, I really don't know an adjective that is sufficient to describe Miss Beebe. You just have to meet her. In the time I spent with her that Wednesday morning, and especially that final hour when we just talked, or well, more to the point, when Miss Beebe talked, and I listened. I will tell you without any doubt that my life was changed for the better. And I don't mean that my life was changed for the better because I found Jesus or because I found Christianity or because she saved me or any of those things. It has nothing to do with religion. It had everything to do with love. And I mean that so sincerely. That is all that she is about, and granted, hers is based on on Christianity, on Jesus, and all of that, and that doesn't matter. That is irrelevant to me. What is relevant, again, is that she is about love, about pure, unconditional, nonjudgmental love, and she literally walks her talk. You know, a lot of people may see Miss B.B. drive by in her pickup truck or her Plymouth convertible with all the hearts all over it or see her, listen to her, hear stories about her, and they will probably misjudge her, thinking just, you know, when they see her, oh, that's just some crazy woman, whatever, yada, yada. But I am telling you that she is anything but crazy. She is so far from crazy that that's, that's crazy. Ms. Beebe is one of the most authentic people I have ever met in my entire life, anywhere in the world, hands down. And Miss Beebe could care less what anybody thinks of her or says about her. She is what she is, she is who she is, and she makes no apologies for it. And what should she apologize for anyhow? Because she's outspreading love. And again, her style of outspreading the love is not about going out and evangelizing and telling people. She goes out and she actually helps people. She engages with people and she helps them. And she never asks for anything in return, nor does she have an agenda when she helps them. She doesn't ask them up front before she helps them, if they're a Christian or if they know the Lord. If she sees someone in distress, she helps them. And after she's done helping them, she walks away. And the only reference to anything religious that she has to say is she just lets people know that that was Jesus' love and Jesus' work. I just wish that all who evangelize could be a bit more like Miss B.B. Originally, this was to be my final episode from Wilson, North Carolina and the residency program. But after recording this part, I realized that this episode needs to be solely about the story of Miss B.B. Pink. So I will make this part one of a two-part episode bringing you part two at its normal time next week. Remember to check the episode notes for the link to the photo gallery. And as always, I want to thank you so very much for allowing me to share with you another story from the world. If you'd like to keep abreast of upcoming workshops, lectures, or new releases of my fine art prints, sign up for my mailing list at davidfarmerie.com. You have my sincere word that you will not be spammed, nor will I give or share your information with anyone. You have been listening to Stories from the World. Copyright 2021, David Robert Farmerie, All rights reserved.